Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Soulvox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Disney, and the show is Evolve. And I'm here today at Catamaran Writing Conference with Catherine Sigerson, and we are doing uh, a little bit of an interview of uh, all the teachers that are here today. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you first because you're the director, so welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> so I wanted to see if there was... Uh, you talked... The last time we did an interview, we talked about uh, like how you started Catamaran, and we're in, what, the fourth year or third it's, year? Yes, it's the fourth year of the conference uh-huh. and the fifth year of the magazine. Oh, so. that's fantastic. So, how do you find your teachers, and how do you how do you gather the people? Because you have some really stellar people here. Uh, um, well, it, it's we have different ideas every year, uh-huh. so we have different teachers every year, uh-huh. um, and really, pretty much as soon as the conference ends, we start planning the next year's conference. Uh-huh. And so last year we had invited Dorian Locks to give an evening talk, just mm-hmm. just like one keynote talk on poetry. And everyone loved her so much. So as soon as we started planning the conference, we decided we wanted to invite her to, as, to come for the whole thing as a uh-huh. teacher. Uh-huh. Um, so that was how we decided uh, upon her. And we had been talking to Pam Houston for quite a while about being in the magazine with her writing, and we knew she had a new book that was coming out at the same time as our conference the next year mm-hmm. uh, in nonfiction. And so we were excited about her memoir coming out, so we decided to ask her if she wanted to teach uh-huh. memoir or creative nonfiction. So every year we have some kind of other idea. We had the one year that we had the playwriting track, we had the playwright Octavia, Octavio Solis. Oh, he was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he wrote a play. Um, it was the reverse Grapes of Wrath. It was the migrant worker going back to Oklahoma because he found he had an ancestor with land. Uh, uh. <laughs> and we published part of that in Catamaran, and then we just became friends with him. And we knew he would. Oh, he won the Pen America Award that year, P-E-N, oh. Pen America, for uh-huh. drama. And so we just kind of pounced on that opportunity to ha- ask him to teach. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so every year we have somebody new or, or different, and we always have Elizabeth McKenzie because she also works at Catamaran, so she has sort of an every-year commitment to teach at the conference. Uh-huh. And, and she's wonderful. I, I worked with her two years ago, and uh-huh. it was really fantastic. Yeah, she, she really helped my novel. In fact, I've got an agent because of it. So. Oh, wow, that's yeah. great. So it was really, really supportive. Yeah, so. she's helped quite a few people. We had somebody returning this year that was here two years ago uh-huh. who had just a beginning novel and rewrote the whole thing based on the advice and got an agent. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she came back to have us help her with her nonfiction book. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. Well, and you seem to attract a lot of pretty high-level writers. I I mean, I'm I'm saying, oh, this guy in my poetry group is Poet Laureate of Cupertino. Uh And then then the next person will be, you know, someone who's just been working on poems quietly in their own home for many, many years. Mm -hmm. So 
there's quite a variety and that's that's kind of lovely too but you know we get real high-end people that have been doing yeah. work for a long time um that's, and others that are yeah, kind of that newer. came about in on its own uh-huh. um, i think we had pretty sophisticated teachers uh-huh who are pretty well known in the kind of writing world yeah and so uh, our first year we did a publishing panel to give people give writers advice on um, publishing and we weren't sure how to gauge the talk so in the beginning when everybody was there and this was in the evening so it was the whole group uh-huh. um, we had okay let's have a show of hands who has already published a book uh-huh. and like two-thirds of the people had already published a book Wow. So then we decided, well, maybe we don't need to give advice about <laughs> publishing a book. So we kind of discontinued doing that because we found that it's they're sophisticated enough that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they already know that part of it. Yeah. And they're working on their second or third book or something. Yeah. Well, the the thing about publishing is it changes so often. Yeah. So I, I noticed that some of the talks you had in the afternoon here you know, literary agents and people that are in the business that can give us in- information now, yeah. which is really helpful. Um, and, you know, how to do an interview with, you know, as a, like a re- from a reporter's point of view. Right. And, uh, several of the other ones were really informative, but, you know, just in little bits, we didn't have to have a whole panel on it. So yeah. I like that that format Yeah, we lot. did. We switched it up because the panel had everybody. We had agents, editors, and publishers, right? Book publishers. So we had a panel of that. So uh-huh. uh, the audience would ask a question. Everybody would kind of answer it. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, we decided to make it a whole lecture on with an agent and a whole lecture with an editor, uh-huh. and just uh, you know keep it focused. You yeah. Know, so that yeah. only uh, it's an optional lecture. So if you're really interested in that, you can come. But then that way we don't have to bore the people uh-huh. <laughs> that already have done that there you know yeah yeah well I've been you know I've been publishing for what 20 years or something and Uh I still find uh new information every time I go to another talk about publishing I find like oh really I didn't know that now you know like oh I'm really glad I'm here because I I'm learning stuff about this you know right yeah the editors and agents that come are in the business so yeah yeah, out in the field, so they're going to give what's current, you know, yeah. they talk every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Peggy Townsend was a newspaper journalist for 30 years, so uh-huh. and still is working very hard at it. Uh-huh. So she gives a really great talk yeah. for people interested in, you know, doing that type of interview. Right, right. For publication that she does. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we have, uh, what what's on the docket today, I'm... I'm blanking. But. Well, Andy Ross, the Andy agent, Ross. is coming. Uh-huh. He's an agent. And then Charles Hood is, um, because we get that donation every year of those Moleskine journals. Oh, yeah. And people love them. And it's, they're very popular with writers. Yeah. Um, people draw on them, write in them, save those pages. Uh-huh. So it's just a useful tool for writers to have a journal practice. Uh-huh. So he's going to just talk about that, about journaling and your journaling practice. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, great. He makes a lot of use of his journals. So Yeah. And since we all have one, <laughs> we thought it'd be good, a good talk to, yeah. to give. Um, yeah. It's a nice, a really nice gift. Yeah. And then, um, Candace Calsoyas teaches, um, 
she's a professor at UCSC uh-huh. in environmental literature. Oh. And she's taught semester at sea where they go on the boat. And so she's taught about writing about the ocean, writing about nature. Uh-huh. Oh, great. And I think a lot of people use nature and the ocean in their work, whether it's poetry or fiction or nonfiction. Mm-hmm. So she's just going to talk about the best ways to use nature and give some examples mm-hmm. of really great uses of nature in writing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that'll be yeah. great. Well, we're in such a beautiful environment here at the Stevenson School yeah. that, um, you know, we're right on, in Carmel, right on the coast, <laughs> very close yeah, to the coast. Yeah, we're really ensconced in the nature. It's like a yeah. little magical world, you know, yeah. with, surrounded by all these cypress trees and doing our little nature walk in the morning. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this afternoon you're all going to Point Lobos. We're going right? to Point Lobos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, um, so that, uh, that point was the inspiration for Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island. Ah. And, you know, the, the particular geography of Point Lobos features in the book. Mm. So it's really fun as, as writers to go out there and walk on it and see it for mm. real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's also just really beautiful. So. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's nice It's just bit. a nice hike out there. Nice. And yeah. Artists and writers go out there a lot. There's little benches, and they, you can see them painting or writing. And, uh-huh. Uh, so I thought it's a nice tradition for yeah. us to go yeah, pay yeah. homage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's wonderful. Well, it's been great talking to you, and we're going to be talking to a lot of other um, uh, the teachers here in, on this show. And uh, Catherine, thank you so much oh, yeah, for thank you. Uh, for giving us a little rundown, uh-huh. and um, and we look forward to the next catamaran next year. Okay, all right. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so okay. much. This is Robin White Turtle Listening, and the show is Evolve. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, this is your host, Robin Whiteturtle-Lisney, and I wanted to share with you a few of the other things that I do in the world. Uh, I have a new book out called Mosaic, New and Collected Poems, and it's just a brand new publication. I also have uh, other books, uh, a publishing site, www.bluebonebooks.com, where you can see other Cooperative Poetry Press Blue Bone Books participants, as well as some of my other books. Some of those books include uh, Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, uh, Dancing Up the Moon, Living a Sacred Life, and Poems for the Lost Deer. So those are just a few of the things I'm doing, and now back to the show. Hi, this is Robin, my turtle listening, and we're back with Evolve, and I'm with uh, Joe Millar and Dorianne Lux. Uh, they're two poets that are here teaching at Catamaran Writing Conference, and um, I'm just so grateful and honored to have you both here. And um, uh, how has it been? Uh, is this your first time? I think both of you have been here. Is this your first time We've at Catamaran? We've both been here once before. Joe was here right. teaching. Right, I, I've actually taught here before. Uh-huh. Uh, this is uh, Dorian's first time teaching here, I think, mm-hmm. but uh, she gave uh, reading here 
previously. So okay, great, yeah. great, great. So great. so so uh, we we like it. We like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a small setting, and you know, a few students, and yeah. So yeah, it's a beautiful school. Um, we're in the library right now, which is just gorgeous, and um, the grounds are just lovely. Lots of big trees. You know, the little chapel that we collect together in at the end of the day to hear readings yeah. is uh, uh, beautiful and outside that big tall window are these redwood trees you know yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like a cathedral inside mm-hmm. a cathedral yeah and we both of us teach a kind of gen- generative workshop where um, they're, every day the students write so hopefully they go home with some uh, little starter plants to work on and, uh-huh. and, and continue to develop and refine on their own. But uh, we write something new every day uh, during the workshop, and then uh, for those who are brave enough to share it, we, we listen to it. Uh, uh-huh. That's the way. When this time... Uh, We've had a folk in my class. We've I, we had one focus on uh, a poem of identity, where we used a, a Ruth Ruth Stone's pokeberries for mm-hmm. an example, and then another day we we wrote uh, elegies. We wrote the a, a poem of the elegiac uh, feeling and and. Um, we used a poem by James Wright and uh, another one by Henri Cole, another one by Jack Gilbert, mm-hmm. uh, just as a kind of frame, what, different ways to frame the question of loss. And uh, that, that see, has seemed to go well, so, uh-huh. so far so good. We're still yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mine is very similar. We both teach these generative workshops where we bring in model work by other poets. And um, the first one I taught was uh, on um, the line, you know, the um, discretion of the line in poetry. And we used Eliot and um, um, Hopkins and, you know, different poets to look at their use of the line. But then we read a contemporary poem by uh, Lynn Emanuel. And then, what did we do today? We used Adam Zagievsky and um, Dina Ben-Lev, poems that are interviews Mm -hmm. of of, uh, others where you hear only the answers to the interview questions, Mm -hmm. not the questions. That was more fun than anything else. And um, some other one, I can't remember now what we did. Um, oh, it was, uh, well, I'm in your class. <laughs> right, what was the other one? Uh, well, we did um, an interview, the interview, and then right. we did, before that, we did words that you gave us to make poems out of. Right, right, yeah, yeah a prompt, using prompts. words, a phrase. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was fascinating. So. And, um, and the, the uh, interviews with the dead somebody right. were really fascinating, right. I think. Right. And then 
what do we do today? We were and today it was uh, Larry Levis and um, Deborah Diggs. And Deborah Diggs, yeah, looking and at um, looking at a poem and the use of a controlling image throughout a poem. In right. this case, a broom for De- Deborah Diggs' poem, and in Larry Levis's case, a tree. Yeah, and how objects can uh, be a center post for a poem. Right. And yeah. I-, I love that idea. Uh, so, yeah, they've been very wonderful, and I've been getting great reports from everybody's workshops, including yours, Joe. You seem okay. to have a like, flock of people that like to follow you around, so that's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I'd like to have you each read uh, a poem or so, if you'd like to share, so that people get an idea. I mean, you're, you're both of you are highly acclaimed authors, so... Um, uh, I will have that on the website um, so people can look at your credits. Uh, but, uh, you know, you've, you've gotten a Guggenheim in the past and a number of other rewards. So I just, the caliber, what I love about this place is you're really working with the best of the best. And, yes. and then the students are so varied. You know, I, I find the Stuart students, some of them are poet laureates themselves. You know, right. some of them are... Um, editors, um, others are just getting into writing again right. after having a career. So right. it's a really nice variety of people that are here. Mm-hmm. I find so and age and levels, age range. different yeah. age range and yeah. um, wide age range. Yeah, and uh, so that that creates a dynamic which is nice. Yeah, in class yeah. too. Yeah, I sat at lunch with two other energy healers that also write and paint and do mm-hmm. <laughs> all that mm-hmm. stuff. So it was really fun. So, Joe, you have a poem Okay. Uh, yeah, here, here's a poem called uh, Native. <clears throat> Let me say I know nothing about making lamb stew, watching steam rise from the dark pot, smelling the bay leaf and pepper. The raven stalks alone through the rain now that the storm has passed over. Channels of mud slogging the streets, dahlias bent low and snapped branches fallen away in the night, which has come again like a lover to the parking lot next door of the Narcotics Anonymous meeting, its car windows and radio antennae. I've stayed up late listening to people who no longer speak, so many gone down into the black sand of time. My wife sleeps quietly in the next room, having told me to let the pot simmer. And now the night air of autumn outside the kitchen window, the hemlock tree and the trumpet vine, the smoke from the neighbor's chimney, even my grandchild's pajamas drenched on the sagging clothesline Everything smells like the earth. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. Wow. Love that. Thank you. Okay. And our, yeah, I'll read one from Facts About the Moon. This is called What's Broken. The slate black sky. The middle step of the back porch. And long ago, my mother's necklace. The beads rolling north and south. Broken, the rose stem, water into drops, glass knob on the bedroom door. Last summer's pot of parsley and mint, white roots shooting like streamers through the cracks. 
Years ago, the cat's tail, the bird bath, the car hood's rusted latch. Broken little finger on my right hand at birth. I was pulled out too fast. What hasn't been rent, divided, split, broken the days into nights, the night sky into stars, the stars into patterns I make up as I trace them with a broken-off blade of grass. Possible, unthinkable, the cricket's tiny back as I lie on the lawn in the dark, my heart a blue cup fallen from someone's hands. <laughs> Just wonderful. I love that heart a blue cup. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, that's just a sample <laughs> of what we can, uh, people can experience here. And uh, I'm just delighted to have you both. Um, and is there anything else you wanted to share? Well, I hope you come. It's a, it's a beautiful place to come and um, lots of great people. And the readings are spectacular. I just heard two wonderful readings last night from Elizabeth. Yeah, Mackenzie. Um, Mackenzie and, and Pam Houston. Pam Houston, and, yeah, they're uh, fantastic. Right, yeah. and so there's poetry, fiction, um, nonfiction, uh-huh. uh, so, and, and more than one teacher in each area, yeah. and so you have a lot to choose from. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, it's been fabulous. Well, thank you so much for sharing, and uh, I've enjoyed the heck out of meeting both of you. And the food's <laughs> pretty Rob. good, too. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having us. Okay, thanks. This is Robin White Turtle Listening, and the show is Evolve. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. So, hi, we're back. This is Robin White Turtle listening. The show has evolved. And right now I'm with Saeed Afzal Hader, who is the editor of the Chicago, senior editor of Chicago Quarterly Review. And he's been at Catamaran now. How many years you've been here? Uh, this is my third trip, and this is the fourth uh, time the conference being held. So I've been here for three out of four. Three out of four years. And you've taken all kinds of different classes and sit, sat in on them. I mean, because you've been the editor for many years of Chicago Quarterly Review, is but some 30 years now. Is that right? 20 plus years. 20 yeah. plus years. Um you have this kind of catbird seat that I just love at this conference. <laughs> because I pretend, it came with age, I think. <laughs> Not because I've done anything to, to be at that seat. It's just, you know, the people respect, they hold the door open, they know that I'm going to fumble and maybe drop my chair or my book bag. So it's all out of the age, nothing to do with anything I've done or accomplished. <laughs> Well, I would disagree with that, but <laughs> uh, you've been to a number of the different classes, and in some cases you you kind of uh, you moved from class to class, and 
you've been a friend of Elizabeth McKenzie, who teaches here. So talk a little bit about your experience of catamaran, because um, you seem to like it. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have to remember then that I live in Chicago, which is a, one of the best cities that I've known in America, or anywhere in the world for that matter. Uh-huh. But... Uh, California is like, you know, everybody Cal- dreams of California. Uh, <laughs> I know, yeah. Even though it just as a song, but it carries a lot of meaning to me, you know, California dreaming. Yeah. So there was a time that I thought, you know, yeah, I would one day live in California maybe because a lot of my friends from Midwest moved to California and always was, uh, always had friends and family to visit, and but... I had a job in Chicago. My wife had a job in Chicago. So it just remained a dream. But mm-hmm. uh, but when the Elizabeth, Lisa, we all call our friend, she got involved with Catamaran. And I should back off, actually, before she got involved, I mean, before the magazine Catamaran came about. Chicago Quarterly was already in existence. And I met Lisa at a conference. And I know at those times, I mean, Lisa has really got her stature, but in those days, we both had probably one novel to our name, or not even one novel to our name. Uh, so I, but I knew that this woman is going to be a, a good writer and a good resource. So I mm-hmm. talked her into. Uh, we first submitting us something, and she did. Mm-hmm. And we, of course, we published her. But then I had further talked her into becoming one of the editors. Mm-hmm. So when in turn she started Catamaran, I she said, "Well, why don't you come here? You can be on a panel, or you can just be in my group, or whatever." So, yeah. so it was. So, well, California, here I come, you know, this at least I have to stay four or five or six days in California. Yeah. So, initial attraction was you know, to be in California. Uh-huh. But in fairness, I have to say that this is a quality writing conference in yeah. terms of the who they, man, the faculty they draw oh, yeah. and the participant they draw. Mm-hmm. And because... Every workshop that I have taken and the work I have read, mm-hmm. the quality of writing is very good. And I think yeah, it's yeah. not like, uh, uh, this is still, for my sense of it, is this conference is still struggling to find this stature in the writing conferences. But uh, maybe it's just my view of it. And it probably is already there. The magazine definitely is already there. Caramel yeah. and magazine is there. Yeah. Uh, conference, I think, is, is still local, more local than it should be, but you cannot force people to come. I come from Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there are other people here from different parts, at yeah. least of the state, but also I, I found a few from Oregon and um, people from the West Coast primarily, I guess. Yeah, so, right, yeah. It, yeah. it attracts a lot of West Coast people. And, yeah. But each year, when you look at the fac- faculty, I think, Sometimes the conferences 
draw people based on who the fact who is on the faculty. Right, absolutely, and, and that's certainly and, true. Uh, and Joe of Millar and, and Diana Locks, you know, the, right, and, and many of the other even McKenzie now and and Pam Houston. Yeah, I mean these are big names in writing world. I mean. So it does draw a lot of good uh, faculty, and therefore right. the good faculty draws the, the writing community, knows that who they are, and right. it would be nice to be in their company. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is. It's a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, for it is. And it's very, you know, down-to-earth kind of conference. People, you know, just spend a lot of time together, and that's yes. the part that attracts me also, the camaraderie with time and again that I have managed to find. I mean, like, I know you through yeah. that conference and uh -huh. and after the conference, we're sitting here and talking as yeah. well as we managed to have some time uh, as a friend and family away from the conference. So that's really the beauty of it. And I think it provides you that occasion yeah. uh, to meet people and also meet good writers all yeah. along. Yeah, I agree. I can't agree more. Yeah. Well, and the, the the beauty of this conference, you've had you're a novelist. You've written what three novels or? More? Well, I've, I've written three novels. Only one is published. I have another collection of stories. Uh -huh. You know, when I started writing the woman, I was talking with Mali Ramanujan. I have to keep on mentioning her name because I love that woman, and she's passed away a few years ago, which is, is I mean a shock because she'd stopped teaching and moved away from the Chicago and then we learned that she she's no longer with us but uh, so we and she has a method uh, how to you know her method how to write or how one yeah. so yeah initially you know I mean I actually I have anywhere from 30 to 35 short stories published so uh, wow. So I have more short stories published than now. Well, nobody writes 35 novels that I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure that somebody has written 35 or more novels. But, yeah, Stephen King probably had, right? Yeah, yeah 35 novels. Yeah, I think Daniel he probably Steele has. Probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah. So, so do you pick up tips when you're here um, at the different classes about writing? I mean, because you had your writing. Let's see, we were in a class together two years mm -hmm. ago, and you had your writing, I think, in that class too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you, I'm obviously, you're. I mean, writing is one of those things where you just keep learning. Yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't matter how many books you publish. There's always something else to pick up, or some understanding that you hadn't thought about before. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what I love about writing is kind of a communal practice because yeah. you really need other people to listen to your work and to hear it and give it good feedback. So, how did, how's your experience of that in the classes that you've been involved with? Well, like we established that it attracts good writers. I mean, not only it attracts good teachers, which it does, yeah. but it also attracts uh, high-quality uh, writers. I mean, they may be beginning writers, so to speak, or they may have yeah. uh, not as many stories uh, or novels published as the next guy or, the, or some of the teachers, but it's, it, it still uh, attracts good writing. Mm -hmm. And that helps a lot because you, when you, you are with your peers, you're not 
you know, so far removed that, you know, what are you, you know, you know God, he or she is so naive or so young, he's such a young writer. Because there is something like a young writer, and, and I don't mean by age, I just, mm-hmm. uh, as you were saying earlier, that writing is a ongoing learning experience. Just right. when you think that you have a command of it, uh, you can't express certain things. Yeah. Uh, to me, the important part of the ri- writing is to finding your voice. Yeah. Once you found your voice, it makes it makes you comfortable. I don't know if it makes you better writer or not, but you don't dwell on the part that oh, can I say that or can I? Uh, how can I write it? You just go and, and jump in because yeah. you just have a voice. Just as we are talking you know, verbally, yeah. I think when you establish that part in your writing, then. Yeah then you have some, you have arrived somewhere. I'm not, I don't mean necessarily that that's the destination because that's what keep on happening, you keep on learning. Yeah. And, but, and you find a certain style that becomes yours, a certain voice that becomes yours and, yeah. and where you express with you, you, because basically, I think we all write about the same kind of thing, you know, disconnect, connect, love, loss, and whatnot. Death. Birth. Well, you have, they yeah, have the seven big ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> birth, death, moving. Yeah. <laughs> loss. Yeah, loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming and going. Betrayal. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. another good topic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the things that are the human conundrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, I, I, I love the fact here that there are experienced writers like yourself that have published um, books, and then there are others that haven't and, and are just learning the craft or learning how to work a poem or work a short story. And, you know, there's so much richness here because we also have memoir class and there's a there's a nonfiction class. So there's a lot of um, things to learn. Um if you know, I, last time I came to do the novel because I was working on a mm-hmm. novel. Now I'm back into poetry because it's kind of my first love. So I find that it it really gives people a lot of variety. You yeah. come back in a lot of different genres. So anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, that is part of the reason this year when I walked in. I mean, I did not sign for anything. I just said, I just want to be here. Yeah. I wanted to make it more like a writer's retreat rather than writer's workshop. And right, I, right. I don't know if Lisa or Catherine would like that, my part, how, what, what I was quite plotting to be here. Because <laughs> 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 I, mean, I, I want to get the benefit of other people who are good writers yeah. listen to craft talk. Yeah. Like, uh, um, yeah, we've had yeah, Joy, talks uh, uh, night, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and listen to the good reading and writing. Uh, but I was, there's some, currently there's certain thing going on in my personal life, all of, nothing bad, but it's still, uh-huh. it's going on. It's just, yeah. uh, and, I just didn't have the energy to, unfortunately, give back. So I thought if I just go there and not ask for anything e- either because mm-hmm. I did not submit my manuscript, so I'm not asking anybody to give me a feedback. 
And I said, in turn, please don't ask me to give any feedback because I'm not going to read your manuscript either. <laughs> it's not fair to go to a writer conference with yeah. that attitude. And I would not do it again, probably. But in this case, it, it, may, it felt right for yeah. me because I just thought I was not with it, but I also still want to be here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, well, I want to be in the conference, but don't make me do any work. <laughs> <laughs> So this time I'm not doing much work. I mean, I'm, you know, it, when I sit in a certain workshop, I do contribute whatever I can. Yeah. But there's a pressure that when you take upon yourself to be full right. and you sit in one group, this time I'm not sitting in one group, I'm hopping around and yeah. uh, uh, Houston, I should say, but you know, I didn't feel comfortable to call her Pam. She, yeah. she said, uh, well, "Say they're just floating around," yeah. <laughs> which I am. Yeah. But I'm enjoying the floating around. Actually, there's a lot. You don't want to immediately compare and contrast, but yeah. it's already happening. You sit in one group and you see the energy of that group, or feel of that group, or working of that group. Then you go to a different group yeah. and you see feels all the same thing, but they, each one has its own structure, life, and so it's, actually, it's, I, I would recommend it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think whether you're uh, whether you choose to take on all the activities at Catamaran, or you choose to just take the afternoon to write, or you go to the lectures, or you go on the excursions, like they go to the cannery and they went to Tor House, and um, they've gone today to Point Lobos. It's it's a it's just a great place to come and really get fed by writing and writers and what what we're all about in the world of writing. So I think it's fabulous. But I'm glad that you get a a privileged seat <laughs> because you deserve it. <laughs> it's just like I said, it's more come with the age. <laughs> they have to. I mean, they can't. I mean, you know, I'm probably the most senior member in this. <laughs> Yeah. In the crowd, no, 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 I mean, I don't know. We should not talk in that way. <laughs> we, we don't want to degrade or, or put down the elderly folks. Oh, no, but this, that, that's one of the things that's great is because there's such a variety of ages, too. So. Yeah, no, I, I mean, other day, the day I arrived, you know, because I came from Chicago, so I carried a lot of stuff for one week stay uh -huh, uh -huh. and Andrew I, you know he he's a good poet I don't even know his last name but uh -huh. I, and I didn't even know who he was but he's obviously a much younger person than I am so I'm trucking with my suitcase it's in a roller so I can roll it fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my room is on the second floor and first you know, when I, we were walking, he opened the door for me, which was nice. And, you know, I have also had, beside my suitcase, I have another bag with me. So I just kind of took a breather. And I don't mean to keep on talking the old age, but anyway, yeah. so here I am. And so Andrew ran up with whatever he was carrying, put up in the second floor, come running back and say, and I... I think they got introduced and said, oh, Saeed, give it to me. I can, I'll carry it for you. And I'm saying, oh, my God, thank you. I mean, I, I wanted to say, no, no, I, and I could have done it and I've yeah. done it. But yeah, so yes. that, yeah, the age in that way was, and also the, you know, the, these wonderful people. I mean, people are wonderful anyway, but it, 
it's nice when you're going to spend a few days with them and yeah. run into them. It's a, it was a very, you know, kind gesture of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a friendliness here because yeah. we're all on the same... We're all trying, struggling with our writing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we have to help each other yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially when you cannot carry your own <laughs> baggage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we all have that problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're not talking luggage. We're talking baggage yeah, that you carry with it all the time. Well, Said, it's been a pleasure talking to you and... Uh, um, we're going to do a longer interview with Said around the Chicago Quarterly Review, um, but that will come at another date. So I'm with Said uh, Afzal Haider, who is the senior editor of Chicago Quarterly Review, and it's just been so fun to talk to you. And Thank we'll, you. Uh, we'll talk again. This is Robin White Turtle Disney, and the show is Evolve. Hi, this is your host. For Evolve, Robin White Turtle Listney. And I wanted to share with you a few of the other things that I do in the world beside the radio show. In addition, I'm an energy medicine practitioner in the Bay Area and across the country by phone. And I work uh, through East West Bookshop in Mountain View, California. So you can always find me there on Fridays. In addition, I have uh, five books. Uh, four of them are nonfiction, and one is a fiction book. Uh, that's actually based on facts called Poems for the Lost Deer. The other books are Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, and prior to that, Sacred Living and Dancing Up the Moon. Um, my recent, more recent books, Heart Path and Heart Path Handbook, uh, teach people self-love, and this is the foundation of my practice, that love does heal all things. You can find out more uh, about my work on my website, www.thecenterforthesoul.com. And uh, you can also check out the books on www.bluebonebooks.com. And now we'll go back to the show. Come on, honey. You can do it. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Disney, and we're back. Uh, the show is evolving. Uh, I'm with now uh, Pam Houston, who is the author of several books and short stories. Uh, you have two novels? Is it? Two, two novels, novels, two collections of short stories, and a book of essays. Uh-huh, great. And, one, and, a, and a memoir about to come out. Oh, great. And uh, she's teaching also at Catamaran, and um, we're at the Catamaran Writing Conference. So, um, And you're li- you live in Colorado, so you came out from Colorado to do, this, uh, to the, do the conference. I did. I Mm -hmm. live in southwestern Colorado, near Mm -hmm. the headwaters of the Rio Grande, Um, but I spend a lot of time in California. I teach uh, one quarter a year at UC Davis. Oh, great. And and so I'm out here quite a bit. I also run a nonprofit that is based here in in Palo Alto, actually, Uh uh, called Writing by Writers, and we put on writers' conferences all over the West, and several of those are in California, so Uh California is kind of my second home. Oh, great, great, great. So I didn't know you put on conferences. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit. You, you uh, spoke last night uh, with uh, Elizabeth McKenzie and uh, did a reading that was really, really wonderful. I loved, uh, loved the story that you shared. Um, and you said it was a triptych. Do you, do you have any particular, I'll just talk a little bit about writing process here, but do you have any particular um, 
like ways that you get into a story or do you just kind of find pieces of information that then you kind of put into stories is it autobiographical or how do you how do what's your process like uh, writing um my process is really consistent whether i'm writing fiction or nonfiction or anything else i i my writing does wind up being quite autobiographical even when it's fiction it begins in autobiography because of my process and that process is that i i move through the world you know, trying to pay strict attention. I, I happen to walk a minimum of five miles every day. Mm-hmm. And while I'm out on my walks, or or when I'm sitting on an airplane, or when I'm at the grocery store, it doesn't matter. I'm always waiting to feel, um, to experience something that I think of as a glimmer, which is, which just means that I'm in the presence of something that resonates in my chest. It could be a line of dialogue overheard. It could be something from the natural world. It could be the way the light's coming through the trees. It could be something as profound as when they're putting my mother's ashes in the ground. It it, it can be any 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 circumstance. Mm-hmm. And I feel a kind of resonance that lets me know that that piece of the exterior landscape is going to help me describe my interior landscape. Mm-hmm. And I collect those. Mm-hmm. And my phone is full of them. My computer is full of them. I have lots of them on little bits of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it's time to write, I just start to sort through those glimmers and pull out the ones that seem like they, they are hot and they want to be played with and they want to perhaps dance with each other. And mm-hmm. um, and then I make the stories out of that combination of glimmers. Uh-huh. Cool, cool. Well, I think um, we all, all of us as writers have like an inspiration point or something that like catches our eye or something. So that's what you're calling glimmers. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, that that's great to kind of name them and collect them in that way so that you have them. Because sometimes we have them and then they, they get sidetracked or they're not captured correctly or something. So, um, you know, we don't always remember to capture them and that can be the challenge uh sometimes but that's great that you have a practice of doing that i do i do (laughs) and consequently you've got great writing (laughs) (laughs) so i wondered if uh pam if you'd be willing to share a little bit um uh read a little bit from from one of your books this is i think your most recent novel is that right yeah this is contents may have shifted it's uh it's got an interesting form it's told in a 144 very short chapters mm-hmm. um, and uh, 12 of those take place on airplanes and the other 132 take place in all the destinations that airplanes take the narrator mm-hmm. um, and, but they're not linear um, they're not in order uh, and the novel asks a lot of the reader to kind of piece the story together um, but I had a lot of fun writing it, and I think for a certain kind of reader, um, they the readers love to get involved to the extent that I ask them to mm-hmm. hear. Um, maybe I'll just read this one little airplane story. Um, uh, the airplane stories are named, usually the airplane stories are on little tiny airplanes, which I spend a lot of my life on, and so the airplane stories are named with the tail number, so this is called N814DW. Climbing off the tarmac 
up into the bright red and orange four-seater owned by Wrangell Mountain Air, there are just enough clouds, I know, of the big white puffy variety to create shadows that will make these most spectacular of all mountains even more spectacular. I have had the good fortune to circle Denali in a small plane, to fly in and out of the Himalayas, riding in the cockpit both directions, but these mountains, the Wrangles and the Chugach and the St. Elias, rising from sea level all the way to the peak of Mount St. Elias at 18,008 feet in 10 short miles, glacier after glacier after mountain after mountain, make them, in my opinion, the most dramatic in all the world. This plane will take me to the other side of the Wrangells, north of the Chugach, close to the Yukon border, by anybody's measuring stick, one of the world's most remote locations. There I will ride reluctant horses through boggy tundra, listen to eager hunting guides play the wash tub and the spoons around the fire, keep my eyes and ears peeled for brown bears, and try to teach six Alaskan women and one man from Nova Scotia how to write. William from Halifax and I drove the long road from Chitna into McCarthy together. He is tall, handsome, moderately literary, toe-headed, and still very much hung up on his ex-wife. Something about the way our conversation turned us inevitably back to her six or seven thousand times in three hours has thrown me deep into abject loneliness, which lately has been a pretty short trip. When I left on this month-long adventure, Ethan gave me a Mike Schmidt baseball card and dangling poet earrings black on black. Now the woman who lives in his cell phone says, Ethan is not available, with just a hint of impatience in her voice. I am up front next to the pilot, Halifax William behind me, a woman from Juneau next to him, our three packs taking up every inch of space in the tail. The pilot turns the plane in a tight circle, we accelerate and lift off, and before he is even pulled in the flaps, the first glacier is in front of us, huge and dirty and violent with stretch marks, plunging out of the cloud cover and into the shimmering sun. Instantly, I feel that old surge come back, that seizing of my own life on my own terms. It is such a physical thing, like the time I had my forearm shattered and the nurse came in every four hours on the dot to give me a shot of morphine. That's how physical. And I look down at the glacier and the ice-ridged peaks that go on forever behind it and say, remember this, remember this, remember this the next time you think it's over because some man or some hope or some life takes away instead of gives. Remember this and get on an airplane, a small one if possible, because it always works. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. Well, I love the fact that you uh, write on airplanes, like mm -hmm. the, that you write about airplanes. Because I write about airplanes on airplanes. <laughs> that seems to be like where I find the best writing mm. for me myself. It's mm -hmm. just because you're isolated, you can't talk. Yeah, you, know, you can talk to your neighbor if you want to, but you know, just focusing. And I always get inspired by looking out the window. You know, there's always something out there. Right. I love so. to write on airplanes, and I love to write in airports too, uh -huh. for some of the same reasons. I, yeah. I. Um, I get a lot of work done when there's a plane canceled, and I'm just sitting in the gate writing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Well, how's Catamaran been for you? It's been great. I have wonderful students, um, really talented, and really invested in each other. Uh -huh. um, really, I'm teaching nonfiction, and they're getting into the deep, dark stuff, which I always appreciate, and uh, it's been really good. 
Okay, great. I've been walking down to the ocean, hear the seals bark every day. Uh, it's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful place here. Yeah. We're, we're ensconced in all this beautiful nature around us, and the ocean not too far, so Pebble right. Beach. Yep. A golf golf ball throw away. <laughs> so thanks so much, Pam. I all appreciate right. it. And sure. I've been speaking to Pam Houston. She's a novelist and a short story writer, and she teaches nonfiction and fiction. Is that right? Both? I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, At UC Davis and at the Institute of American Indian Arts, oh, and okay. also in my nonprofit. Uh huh. Terrific. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. This is Robin White Turtle Listening, and the show is Evolve. Hi. This is Robin White Turtle Listening. The show is Evolve, and we're here now with Joan Joan Rose Staffen, who is another instructor here at Catamaran. And uh, welcome, Joan. Glad oh, to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> and I'd like you to uh, just describe your class because you have a, a little unusual one. Yes. <laughs> We have been really having a great time this week. I had the idea for a retreat because last year I retreated and wrote my book proposal while I was here at the class, here at the conference. And so this year I wanted to give people an opportunity uh, to work on their own materials. So, and I'm also, you probably know, I'm a psychic healer. Uh And so we start the class off with a meditation Mm -hmm. and we clear everybody's chakras and get them all prepared for the day. Then we, uh, everybody, this class, people have been having breakthroughs. I think it's the chakra clearing. Yeah. And they've been working on their own materials here in the library, just beautiful library and uh, then after we uh, everyone works on their own we come back together and we discuss what they've done plus people have been reading their uh, poems their prose poems Uh, and I've I've just been amazed by the talent and the beauty that's been coming forth this week Mm, that's great that's great well Tell me a little bit, I mean, I know this, but our listeners might not, how a chakra clearing could help them with their writing. Well, the chakras, we have chakras all over our body, but there's seven primary chakras that have to do with our whole life, basically. So when we clear the chakras, we are clearing the energy, both uh, physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually Mm -hmm. so that people have access to all that's within Mm -hmm. the oftentimes we have blocks between uh, our blocks in our chakras that truly are preventing us Mm -hmm. from perhaps writing or painting or doing any type of creative activity Mm -hmm. it's the chakras are actually uh, doors between the physical and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. So when you clear them, all is possible. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you allow open, you open up to the universe's messages that sometimes come through your writing, and that hopefully, if you're being, if your writing is great or good, 
that that your you your inspiration comes through that yes more clearly so. yes uh-huh. so inspiration from within uh-huh. and from above yeah. so it's exciting yeah, yeah so yeah. this was my big experiment uh-huh. this week to see I I do it I clear my chakras almost every day so. I have felt that's helped me, so it was my big experiment to see if it would help other people. And uh-huh. I can say it's been amazing. Yeah, that's <laughs> wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, I've heard great things about your class, and a lot of people have gotten kind of off the dime that they've been standing on for a long time. <laughs> trying know, to, they've been trying to move forward, and um, I think it's helped a lot of people. So, yeah, that's great. Well, I'm glad to... Uh, have you um, share a little bit about this really interesting class to help people really overcome writer's block? Right. Yeah. Right. Because writer's block is a huge issue for a lot of writers. Yes. They just get stuck and. Yes. So, <coughs> for it, so this class has all levels of writers, from a gal who didn't think she was a writer at all, but had all these creative ideas. Uh, to someone who's actually written novels and articles and poems. Uh So we have all levels of writers in the class, Uh uh which I think is fun. It's a good mix. Absolutely. Well, and writing itself is so cathartic for, you know, a lot of people. I mean, hopefully we're not all just producing cathartic work. (laughs) But, I mean, I I know for myself it's been the tool that has helped me through so much of my life and um most of it isn't published but uh the ones that do get to publication you know they do have a um a sense of a lot behind it you know and and there's more depth behind it and so on so i think that writing itself is certainly a catalyst for change and yes amazing kind of uh transformation that we're that we're all um in in whether we're like it or not we're in it right (laughs) right we're in it i I certainly felt that this week because i mean people were taking on very big tasks you know and it's just exciting for i mean it almost it makes almost makes me cry because it's like this work has been waiting to come through these people yeah and so it's truly a new beginning for many yeah yeah i see that i see that well, I so appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us about your class. Because um, are you going to be back next year? Oh yeah? yes, I'm. I'm sure. I'll, I'm hoping I'll be back next uh-huh. year. Yeah, yeah. But I'm. I. I truly, for anyone who is afraid of coming to a writers' conference and doesn't know what it's all about and thinks they're maybe not yeah. ready. I urge you to come yeah. because if you're thinking about it, you're ready. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Joan Rose Staffen, for talking to us. This is Robin White Turtle Lisney. The show is Evolve, and we're at the Catamaran Writing Conference. Thank you so much, Robin. Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Lisney. The show is Evolve, and we're at the Catamaran Writing Conference with Elizabeth McKenzie. Elizabeth is the author of a number of books, the most recent, uh, The Portable Veblen, uh, which is a fabulous book. It's won a lot of prizes and short lists and long lists and <laughs> and uh, she teaches here uh, and I want to just ask you Elizabeth how your experience of the conference has gone this year oh my gosh well I every year has been wonderful in its own way and this year is no exception it's I 
have loved my my um, class. They're, it really came together. Like the first day was a little quiet, but by the second day, like everybody felt really comfortable. Everybody was. Um, I don't know. It's just been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, meeting the other right, meeting so many wonderful writers, hearing student reading last night was really an overwhelming experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just to be surrounded by so many people who are, you know, really thrilled with what matters to me the most uh-huh, is, uh-huh. It, it's a little overwhelming almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a wonderful reading, a it student was. reading. I it mean, was, the, yeah. you do that every year and it's it's kind of great to hear what's come out of the conference and I know. To hear, other work that they've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a yeah, number of people did work they had written here at the conference, which seems like a miracle to me. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like work that's one day old. I mean, my yeah. God, you know. <laughs> Yeah, new babies. Yeah. Yeah. So you you had, I know I was in your class a couple of years ago, and you had um, two of us that have gotten book contracts out of the novels that we were working on. Or we haven't quite gotten the contracts, but we've got agents anyway, which is a step on that path. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm so proud of you guys. <laughs> that was a wonderful year, too. Yeah. 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 I'm not surprised. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're novel you're working on is wonderful oh so. thank you thank you well it's a it's a, a always a learning process and I think that's what's so wonderful about this conference is as a writer um, and I have a lot of hats but as a writer I feel like I get a lot of uh, good feedback from people but also just a lot of um, there's something about the community of writers that here it's a very small community in a very high quality community yeah exactly. and that's that's what really matters to me is improving my work you know I've been writing a long time but improving it is um, always a challenge and it, we we work in a vacuum so so much of the time right <laughs> yeah that is it's wonderful very, it's very inspiring yeah. yeah I I feel like a lifelong learner and I wish that I could be in some of the other classes here instead yeah. of teaching one actually yeah 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 and you're also part of the Chicago quarterly review that's right yeah, yeah. I had a nice chat with Saeed the other day oh good and, yeah uh, so uh yeah it it's that helps a lot to understand like the level of, of people that are here and you know what we're the teachers and also the students it's really great yeah so. I know they're people bringing a lot of talent here from yeah. different corners of their lives yeah, yeah yeah well I appreciate you taking the time is there anything else you want to share oh <laughs> well it was I was so happy when I saw that you were coming to the conference again this year Robin oh, and great. so was Saeed and um mm-hmm. I you know I just hope we can keep doing this it, yeah. you know it I see no reason why not it just um I think Catherine Segerson is um, you know, really refined the the recipe for this conference, and yes. um, I think keeping it small is key. Yeah. And um, just having like like these unbelievably wonderful teachers coming in, like Joe and yeah, and Dorian and Pam. Um, yeah. So, you know, hope to see you here again in the future. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Lisbon McKenzie, the author of a novelist of several different books, Stop That Girl and The Portable Veblen. And um, thank you so much. Thank you, Robin. Okay. This is Robin White Turtle listening. The show is Evolve. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carousella.
Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lisney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m.